be. Cold chill up your spine, it'll get your ass moving somewhere burning daylight. Welcome to Burning Daylight, the only podcast for the working cowboy. Well, welcome back, Daylight Burners. Uh, got a special guest today, a uh, fellow by the name of Nico. Is it uh, Lagan? Lagan? Um, how, how do you Lagan. Close enough, brother. Lagan's close enough. Okay. Yeah. That was the only other uh, <laughs> of the A sound that I didn't use. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. No worries. What? Uh, what? What's the? What's the history behind that name? Uh, uh, t- it's part of my real name. Like I'm, I'm a French guy from Montreal. So, um, oh, okay. I I've learned over the years of creating content that nobody can pronounce my last name. So, oh, I figured okay. I would. <coughs> Sorry, I, I would shorten it. Does it have an E A U X at the end? <laughs> no, but it does. Have, it does have accents. So uh, okay. I, I took the f- the first four letters of my first name, the first five letters of my last, and kind of created a name that sounded somewhat cool. At least in okay. my opinion, it did. Okay, so you're the you're the first. Um, are, are you from France or uh, Montreal? No, Montreal, Canada. Canadian. Okay, so I've had plenty of can- uh, Canadians on, but you're the first French Canadian I think I've had. Um, yeah. So that that that. Uh, that explains the accent as well. Uh, it's, um, it, not that you're hard to understand. It, that it was hard to place what the because uh, I was I was thinking yeah. um, some sort of Eastern European for a minute, and then I was like, no, I, I don't know. And uh, so anyway, I I don't know a whole lot about this fella, but I, I'm really looking forward to to visiting with you. We're we're gonna have a chat on masculinity in general. That seems to be kind of your uh, your driving force, and uh, and. It's it's a uh, something I've I've pondered on on this show and then just to myself for for a while now, and um, it kind of goes back to the old, you know, like kids these days are, are soft, and then um, but the the people that are bitching about the kids being soft are the ones that raised soft kids, and <laughs> and it's and it's like a, a cycle of bitching I, I think, and uh, rather than rather than getting anything done, and so. That's kind of my thoughts on 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 masculinity nowadays. I I, I don't I just don't even buy into the whole toxic masculinity bullshit no. because um, no. it's gotten us into a terrible place uh, in the world. And so I, I I'm not going to address that side of thing. Like what what can we do to make masculinity cool and uh, what what is masculinity? So um, I guess that being said, um, if you give a little quick rundown of your of your your background and then we'll get we'll i got a few questions for you from there so you know before i do the, there's something you said there's a couple of things you said that, that are worth addressing because what you're talking about is accountability like mm-hmm. I, I can tell you if I, i'm very good i'm a jack of all trade right i i like to step back and just look at how everything's connected and you can look at every single problem in today's society and it doesn't matter that it's in north america wherever in the world Show me a problem. I'll show you somebody that didn't do their jobs. There's somebody somewhere that mm-hmm. didn't want to be accountable for their actions. That's where it stems from. And what you know, what you described as in people are bitching about having soft kids. Well, guess what? You 
actually raise them that way. So yeah. take accountability and take it from there. So accept the fact that it's your fault. That's where it starts, right? There's a good reason yeah. why you look at every single, um, you know, um, how do they call them? Addiction programs like NA and AA. They always start there. Admit that there's a problem. And then the mm -hmm. second thing they're going to tell you is you're the problem. So there yeah. you go. Let's start being accountable from the get-go. Now, when it comes to, you know, uh, toxic masculinity, I don't believe in toxic masculinity. The, not as in a man that embraces his natural masculinity. The only mm -hmm. time that masculinity is toxic is when there's a lack of masculinity. And that's what you mm -hmm. see today. Like men are supposed to serve. Men are supposed to protect. They're supposed to provide. That's what we're meant to do. That's what in that's in our nature. When you go against your nature, that's where you become toxic because you're trying to be a woman. And this is what we're seeing today. Like women and men are trying to tell us that there's no difference. And somehow we all need to meet in the middle. So that being said, my background comes from my dad leaving. Like even when I was younger, my dad wasn't really around. Like he wasn't that present, although my parents were married. But when I hit 14, my parents got divorced. My dad left. I can count on one hand the number of time I saw him afterwards until the time he died. And I was 29. So the next 15 years, he was not present at all. And, you know, men, boys are born, men are made. Mm -hmm. Well, Chris Rock says that. I don't know if you've seen this kid, but he talks about how there's only women children and dogs that are unconditionally loved men are only love and the prospect that they bring something to the table we always need to bring something to the relationship in order for us to be quote unquote loved and how do you achieve that by becoming a good man by being shown what it is to be a good man and when i was 14 the guy that was supposed to teach me this stuff disappeared so mm naturally we'll look for people to emulate as men you i'm sure you do it today we do it at every stage of our lives we're always looking up to people to men that we respect to say this is what i strive to be but what the hell did i know what a good man was when i was 14 years old so next thing you know like, like within the first year i was I, I was dropped i was dropping out of school i was doing drugs i was becoming an alcoholic I was doing all the wrong things. I became a thief. I became an asshole, basically. I was really not a good person. And this lasted for years. This lasted between six and seven years. By three years after that, I was living on my own. So I literally had nobody, no supervision whatsoever. And, you know, my life, cha my, my life changed when I took accountability in my early 20s. You know, from... <clears throat> if you look at... The comfort zone right everybody talks about it everybody says it's not a good place to be but the, the thing people don't understand is the comfort zone is danger because you're not hurting enough to change it's only when you're hitting rock bottom that you're going to really have an opportunity to face yourself and say mm, you know what it is the definition of insanity to do the same thing over and over again expecting a different result so when i when i hit rock bottom when i was getting evicted from my third or fourth apartment i had no place to stay this was rock bottom to me i was becoming homeless and i didn't know what to do and i don't know if you believe in god but i don't i believe in god and i believe i don't believe in coincidences either right he has a tendency to work through people 
And mm -hmm. I got a phone call from my mother back then that completely changed my life. She offered me a situation I've never considered. I've never considered, like to that point, I've been, I, I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I was hanging out with guys that were exactly like me. I was selling drugs to support my habits. And I never what thought there was... Was Sorry, that? what was your, what oh, was no your choice at the, um, like, like how hard into the drugs were you? Like, what was your, what were you, what were you on? I guess I was smart enough not to do what I sold. So I've never, mm -hmm. I've, I've always been smart enough not to go. I, I've done a lot of hallucinogens. I've done a lot of addictive drugs, but never cocaine. For example, this was, yeah. this is, this is a set because man, my buddies and I used to sell that stuff and you take a good look at somebody that's on it. I don't know if you ever had somebody inject themselves in front of you. you, you I, I needed to see that once to tell myself I will never, never get there. Never, yeah. never, never will I ever, ever get there. And yeah. you know, my drugist choice was alcohol from, if you look yeah. at it, even to this day, alcohol is the one I'll always, I don't want to say struggle, but it's the one that, is the most dangerous to me that's uh that's kind of the same with me like i uh i can get out of control with that uh, at times and it's uh it, it's a it's a it's a dangerous one um i never they, they showed the it was an hbo documentary on meth and it was just a bunch of meth heads in iowa and uh i saw those people all around growing up too yeah and, that that shit was enough to scare me away from meth forever. Like I never, I never had the desire to to even to even get a a taste of it. I was like, no, I'm. I I tried coke a couple times, and I could see how people got really re addicted. And so I was like, no, I I'm just I'm good without going any further. Uh, but booze booze is a tough one because it's readily available, and uh, yeah, and I live in Nevada, so it's I mean walmart has you know booze and yeah. you know like hard yeah. booze <laughs> the the gross, and, the the gas station has hard booze and and you know the the biggest problem i don't know for you but for me is um anger i am not a good drunk like i can be yeah. a very good i can be a very good drunk or i could be a terrible drunk and it normally changes like this tiny little things happen and i will lose my shit on yeah. on alcohol so you know for years i did not drink at all at all at all when i decided to stop i just stopped for years i went again in a pattern i wasn't an alcoholic but every time i drank i was always drinking too much i was always getting into that point where i was becoming an asshole mm -hmm. now over the past five six years i would say i'm capable of drinking one drink like I'll have one or two drinks with a cigar sitting outside. I'll do this once a month, once every few months. It's just mm -hmm. special occasion. It's almost like I have something to celebrate, for example. But outside of that, I don't drink. Like I, I try yeah. not to drink at all. Yeah, I I've, um, I um I go in spurts, but uh, yeah, that that's drugs are a weird one because uh, a lot, lot all of them have some benefit to them, um, yeah. but. But they, uh, yeah, it's it's the, always the moderation thing. It's the moderation thing that kills people. It's the the inability on the moderation. But sometimes it gets even worse than that because I've met a lot of functional alcoholic, like they they know better yeah. than to drink at a home, uh, to drink at work. 
but as soon as they clock out, as soon as they're on their time, they're drunk. But they're capable of really separate. Somehow they've learned how to apply it in places that doesn't affect their jobs. And we see a lot mm. of those. Like weed is the same thing. I've, I've smoked weed for a very, very long time. And we can argue that it's a, that some people will argue that it's not addictive. I can tell you that it is. It's bullshit when you say that it's not addictive because people chase the effect of weed. Oh, it allows me to sleep right there. It's yeah. no better. If you, if you have to do it, it's an addiction. Right. And that also is readily available. Like where I'm from in Canada, you can literally go work. They have stores just right next to the liquor store and you can literally buy probably 400, 300 different types of weed in yeah. whatever form that you want. You check in there. You're like, I want this and that size, that many. That's the, I want it either liquid. I want it in buds. I want it already rolled. I want it whatever you want that's mm -hmm. there. Yeah. So that is kind of the same way too. It's, uh, there, uh, depends on where, what part of Nevada, but they're like Reno or Vegas. Yeah. There's dispensaries yeah. on the street corner and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm a user myself, so I, I'm, it, but it's, it's also, it's one of those things. It's the, the burnout, the stoner burnout's a real thing. We all know those people. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it exists for a reason, you know, uh, but also, you can look at some of the most high functioning people on earth and they're, they're high most of the day too. So it's, it's just, it all affects it's a control, people. but it's and, a control. Yeah. It's really good. You know, earlier we we're talking about accountability It also the day you become accountable, you start becoming mindful. You start mm -hmm. realizing the type of person that you are and what works for me might not work for you and vice versa. And that, and that's right. okay. But that's up to you as an individual to figure that shit out for yourself. I can't, nobody else can do it outside of you. We can give you our advices, but to know that you react well to something and not to the other, there's only you that can figure that out. We can't, we can't really know that for you. But as much, you know, as much as we look at weed, for example, and I smoked a lot of weed for a long time. As much as, let's say that it's not addictive. Let, let's, uh, I'll bite the bullet and I'll say that it's not addictive. So many people, if not every single person that I know that's a high smoker, that will smoke every day, doesn't accomplish much in their lives. Because yeah. this will literally numb your brain. And mm. this is, this is the thing. Okay, maybe you're not addictive. Sure, no problem. Maybe you won't, you're not going to act violent like an alcoholic. That, that's no doubt about it. There's a massive yeah. difference there. But there's not, a lot, there's not a lot of very high achievers that are on weed. Most of the guys that I know that smoke weed, they still play a shit ton of video games. And they do a lot of sitting their asses down and not much else. So, yeah. and I think we... You, you can go even further than that because I'm a fan of psychedelics. Like to this day, I will use psychedelics once, twice, uh, like once a year, once every two years, because mm -hmm. I like, we're talking psilocybin mushrooms. We're talking ayahuasca because I'm looking to develop my meditation practice. Like I'm trying to hit new places that I can explore within my own self, but it's always done with an intention. And this I think is what we're missing. And the same is true for alcohol. The same is true with all the drugs that are out there. Anything that changes your state of mind 
sh anything that changes your state of consciousness should be done with awareness. Like mm -hmm. weed to me, if I if I get a um, if I get a weed that's super chill, I will sometimes use it at night just before I like maybe forty five minutes before I go to bed. I'll smoke like two three puffs and a pipe and a pipe and I'm done. But it just relaxes my brain when I'm super. Let's say I'm stressed out or whatever. I can't seem to cool down. Few puff chills. I go to bed, but I'm fully aware of when I'm using it and for the reason that I'm using it. And I think this is the disconnection that affects a lot of people is not understanding that it does change your state of mind. You're not yourself when you're no. drinking there, there. Even if it's not a big switch, there's still a switch, but understand the reason why you're doing it. Caffeine looks like you're drinking coffee right now. It's no yeah. different. Okay. No like people don't understand and they, it's a drug. It will alter your state of consciousness and people use it like it's nothing. Yet 90% of the people on the planet use, 90% of adults on the planet drink coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and That does change your state of mind. It's a stimulant. That, uh, yeah. Well, like uh, if you get a, like a, a high sativa strain of, of weed as well, yeah. like that's, oh, yeah. that's for a workout because it almost has like a, a Ritalin effect or, or you yeah. know, an Adderall effect because you just become super focused and you can get some really killer workouts when you're just high as fuck like that. But um, why do you think it's not legal in fighting? Why do you think right. like the Diaz brothers would have loved that to be available when they were fighting in the UFC still? Because that's what they say. It focuses their mind to a point that makes they're not able to do that naturally. Right. A lot of bull riders, uh, same way. It, it slows things down because you're, you know, bull riding's. You're trying to be proactive. <laughs> let's, let's face it. You're you're reacting to to the bull. Yeah. Like you're trying to you're trying to outguess him, but you're 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 the whole time you're reacting. So if it slows it down, then it gives you that that edge up. And so to, like the people that say it's not a per performance enhancing drug, I, I disagree. It it is, but it's not in the same way that steroids are a performance enhancing drug. It's, uh, Again, it's a, I, I, but it has a different effect on different people. Right. Because yeah. I don't know if you've ever read the book, um, uh, The Rise of the Superman. Mm -mm. Very, very interesting book. Basically, it's based on high-level athletes that specializes in very crazy sports, like let's say rock climbers that do it freestyle, like no ropes, no nothing. They just... Do it mm -hmm. so every time that they compete they have a chance of dying and they explain how the mindset that they're capable of reaching with their mind like the zone as they call it mm -hmm. is only achievable because they're almost dying like every time there's a chance for them to die so they somehow adapt their brain to focus on everything that they do so they're capable of just going so small nothing else matters except that so there's people that can do it naturally. Like the there's people that though. need almost, but they're so relaxed that nothing else matters. There's no time. Yeah. There's nothing else. It's just because they know deep down that if they mess up, they're dead. So yeah. the book, the book is very interesting because of the addictive nature of it. But the point is that some people are capable of doing that naturally. Some people yeah. need something, a helper, like let's say weed, like a high string of a sativa, like you were saying, that will help them go there. Is it a, like, again, I don't think it's a problem. 
because if yeah. it's used in a way that is conscious, yeah, what's the what's the problem? It, it's uh, it, it's the same as as using uh, you know, like a uh, uh, you know, a post workout. Your your yep. It, it's it's building on something. So mm-hmm. um, like I, I've rode a lot of not necessarily bucking horses. I I did a few in rodeos here and there, not many. But I've rode a lot of young horses that bucked, and uh, <laughs> there's always that moment, like when you're, when you swing your leg over and your your legs parallel to the ground, and then you're like, this is <laughs> this, this is the no return point, like this is it. Yeah. And everything for me, any anyway, everything always kind of slowed down. I know that doesn't happen for everybody, but like yeah. the people that that can ride uh, a a bucking horse or, or have before and and are pretty decent at it, they all have that that moment where it just everything kind of locks in and then you add the like the, the right strain of weed on top of that or or say an adderall or whatever some some sort of deal that focuses you like that if you already have the skill that just enhances it so that's why they you know that, that's the name performance enhancing <laughs> barry bonds was going to hit 500 home runs on his own uh you know pretty easily but the the steroids did that help him of course it did it helped him recover and, and <laughs> got bigger and he was i mean he he was on his way to being one of the 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 all-time greats before the roids so it's not that the ability wasn't there it was just the enhancement of of what he are what was already a remarkable ability well there's nothing there's nothing scarier than a genetic freak on steroids like you get a guy like barry bond he was a genetic freak he was born he was born above that doesn't mean that he didn't have to work for it no 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 if you look at yeah. guys that are competing at that level, if you look at a Michael Phelps, for example, in swimming, they analyzed his body and they said that guy was born to swim. Somehow he found his way to swimming and had the mindset that nobody else has in the world. Like he is the right. highest decorated athlete in the UF in the in the Olympics of all time. Why? Because he, he's a genetic freak, but he has the actual work ethics. To, be, to, to do what he did. You look at a Ronnie Coleman, same thing. Like biggest, probably one of the most known bodybuilders of all time, but he was a genetic freak on top mm-hmm. of steroids. It, it's amazing. It amazes me to see yeah. genetic freaks because I'm not one, but I look Francis, at those guys. Francis Ngannou is another one where he's too oh, yeah, yeah. and shredded, absolutely yeah. shredded. He, he knows yeah. a little bit of jujitsu, which is terrifying, and then he can literally punch your head clean yeah. off. Like he... Yeah. and his technique is not great, huh? No, like, he no, doesn't have but, good techniques. But he went toe to toe, and some say beat the. the but he the did. Team. He absolutely yeah. beat him. But I think so. I think so. Did he but, take uh, him seriously? That's the question, right? right? I don't think he trained as hard as he could, but that's not the point. You know, JSP no, made that mistake against Mancero years and yeah. years ago. Like, oh, that guy won the UFC fighter. He has no place with me. Guess what? You got you got dropped. You lost yeah. your title because you didn't take him seriously. So if that's what you did, that's on you. But in yeah. my opinion, he should have won that fight because he dropped him. And it mm-hmm. wasn't a slip. He dropped him. He dropped that sucker. I mean, he, yes. it was it was a it was a good fight. And then at the end, uh, Francis was kind of imposing his will. He was walking him down and uh, eating boy. shots, walking him down. And uh, he's I was a like, big boy, yeah. And the guy can box a little bit. He's not—he's not a great boxer yet, but that—that—that no. that, that power in his hands makes him uh, 
He's in. He's scary. in every fight. Yeah. And, oh, uh, a, a guy like him that learns how to box is very yeah. scary because again, that's genetics. Yeah. There's there's not a lot of guys on the planet that can turn off anybody's light at will. If that guy connects right. once, you're going dodo. You're yeah. you're sleeping. And, and then you put years of uh you know a, a essentially a concrete mine work where he's just he's just moving shit with his with his just pure bulk for days on end and years on end like that that guy's a genetic freak on top of just back-breaking work for years on end and then yeah now he's in prize fighting and he's he is so fun to watch and he's and he's a cool dude like i don't know if you read his story if you saw his backgrounds backgrounds super cool the guy's just freaking lovable i like the guy when he when he quit the ufc he wanted to help other fighters change their pace. That's one of yeah. the things that he wanted. In order to defend his title, he wanted to change the way fighters were paid. Nobody else has ever done something like that. Like He really came from a, a position of power to say, Dana, you know what? I, I want to fight for you, but you're going to have yeah. to make some changes. It didn't happen, but he's not losing money. I guarantee he's making a lot more money right now that he would have done uh, fighting in the UFC. But, you know, we're talking about... See, this is very interesting because you're you're talking about... We're talking about masculinity. What they mm-hmm. what Nganu is doing is what a courageous man is supposed to be doing. Men are supposed to be ballsy. Men are supposed to have courage. And you look at a guy like him that went out of Africa, somehow found his way to France because let's agree that he didn't do it legally. But if you heard the story, he shouldn't have survived either. And somehow found himself into a MMA gym and started fighting, started training and started fighting. And now he's like on the biggest payday of his, on the biggest chance of his career, of his life. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to do it if, if you don't help other fighters. Like the, mm. this is incredible. We don't see that very often, but men today are more and more selfish. And he showed something that was selfless. And look at how he's being rewarded right now. He's getting the biggest... If it wasn't for him wanting to help other fighters, he wouldn't have been fighting the boxing champ. He wouldn't be fighting another organization that are going to pay him way more mm-hmm. than he could have ever done in the UFC. And he has a lot more control about what he's capable of doing. So it's yeah. incredible. It's up to, A guy like him is a man. That's a fucking man right there. Yeah, I, I, I think that, that that's very... Uh there's there's a lot of different examples you can like thomas massey is uh he's like the one politician in the united states that i consider courageous like during the the covid deal when they're like everybody wanted to just zoom into this meeting and uh and give away trillions of dollars and thomas massey said no we are elected to to actually talk about this stuff. And if you're going to vote for the biggest spending bill ever, put your name behind it. And and yeah. he had both sides coming at him. And that that's one guy. Anytime there's a vote, it's like 99 to 1. Go find out what the one guy's reason for yep. not voting. Because that's a courageous 100%. person regardless. I, well, even if they're wrong, that's courageous. Like, I, I want to I see what their, their issue is. And uh, like Joe Rogan's another one. You know, he... He uh, he he took his cushy life in in L.A. and made a cushy life in Texas. Don't don't get me wrong. He didn't he didn't face <laughs> any real hardship. But 
he faced some heat. I mean, he had the the freaking head of the the COVID task force calling him out by name. He had the president of the United States call him out by name, and like that's that's no small thing. No. And uh, there's been men that I thought were stronger than Rogan that that buckled for way less. And you know, so like that's to his credit, he did his thing and he didn't back down. I mean, he was he he uh, he apologized when he was wrong. Uh, which is what you're supposed to do accountability and then uh and then continue to do what you think is right like that's that's the whole thing that's the masculine thing is right's not popular a lot of times the the right thing no, is because it's hard yeah but look at elon musk that's another one like him or not like that guy or not that guy's raising his middle finger to people don't agree with me i don't care you yeah. know he never shied away to share Again, agree with him or not, he don't care. He yeah. bought a whole social media platform to kind of give you a middle finger to say, I will give a platform to people that can do. Is he doing a great job or not? Time will say. But one yeah. thing is, he's never shied away. He wasn't scared that Tesla would lose money because he shared his opinion. He didn't care. People yeah. ask him and it happens. You'll see, you'll see Tesla share goes down. They go up and down depending on what yeah. he's saying. And he don't care. He, he really does not care. No, um, which it's amazing. I don't know if you've you're aware of this this app. It's from uh, the group Unusual Whales, which tracks the 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 stock trades of congressional leaders and big hedge funds. Oh and, boy! And they created an app that you can sync up to Robinhood or E-Trade or whatever. And, so, and they created portfolios. And so they have the Nancy Pelosi stock tracker. They have Dan Crenshaw stock tracker, and it just mirrors their stock trades. And uh, I've I've I invested a little bit in it. I've been in it a month, and it's up six percent. Uh, just yeah, the, those uh, there there's uh, there's you know with all this this shit that goes on the 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 shady stuff. The market provides a way for to get around that. Like people are like, hey, look at what these people are doing. They're making money hand over fist, and we know they're getting insider trading. I don't know. Just, just do what they do, and you'll make money too. Just you know, just you use their their shady shit against them. Go ahead and you know, put put a you know put twenty bucks on that stock if they're if they're doing it too. You know, it's going to go up, or, or they're, they're once they're selling, you know, it's it's going to go down. The only fallacy with that though is that most of their investing are going to be done through shell corporations. So you're not seeing the big, big, like the one that you can track are the ones that they can legally do without yeah. really getting into too oh, much yeah. trouble. The, the real money is all, yeah. Oh, all, yeah. All, oh, more, oh, oh yeah. This is yeah. the one we'll never get to see because if you understand how corporations work, man, oh, it's yeah. easy to hide yourself in there. Corporation that owns another corporation that owns another corporation that's owned by a trust fund. There you go. You'll yeah. never be found. Nobody's ever going to well, know where the money's the coming idea from. Of of a corporation is to take the the accountability off of one individual. It's uh, it's to spread the the liability out. Well, you know the and, same thing for an LLC in a corporation. I have multiple LLCs, mm -hmm. and it's to protect myself against a lawsuit. Because at the end mm -hmm. of the day, that's what it is, right? It's I say a lot of stuff online. Like I'm, I I post a lot of stuff, and a lot of people don't agree with me. That means that if I hurt somebody's feelings, they could go after what I'm saying. But if yeah. you go after me, I don't care. I don't own shit. Go after yeah. me all you want. I don't own any money. Everything's under LLC. So to me, it doesn't matter. 
But that's why they're there. To me, that's why they're there. Yeah. Just so I'm sheltered, so my assets are sheltered from yeah people from being able to just suing me, fucking lazy bastards, just for suing me and getting <laughs> what I've created because they don't want to work for it. So it's yeah. Well, it's amazing as the standard in the U.S. It was is like twenty dollars damages. Um, but if you like extrapolate that back to you know from. 1791 or whatever 81 1791 i think to today like the the inflation on that would be like you'd have to you'd have to have at least like a two million dollar claim against somebody to to be able to file a lawsuit or some something like i don't know what the exact inflation rate is but it's an, a, a lot more than 20 dollars. you know it's yeah. a a pretty absurd amount uh, but it's yeah, a lot of a lot of frivolous lawsuits and a lot of people doing doing it just because they're lazy. Like you said, just just fucking lazy. They they uh... they're lazy, or they do it because they know it's going to crimp. Like, look at what's going on with Trump, for example. Like mm-hmm. him or not, they yeah. the Democrats are suing him head over fist because they know they're it takes him away him. from from his campaign. Death. That's why they do it. At a hundred percent, they yeah. they cannot beat him face-to-face they cannot beat him one-on-one so they created ways through the legal system in order to attack him and you know however you feel about it like him don't like it does not matter you have to agree that there's a certain standard now i'm just i was just working on a video that i'm going to release as soon as we're done here about i don't know if you heard what conor mcgregor said over the weekend hmm but he talked about uh, Ireland. You know, there were stabbings in yeah, Ireland, yeah. like five or six. Yeah. So he talked about it. He called some of the, uh, I think it was some of the ministers, he called them spineless. And uh, basically he told them, he gave his opinion and called them uh, a bunch of pussies is basically what he yeah. said. And now they're launching an investigation on him for hate speech because they just cool. passed a law. So now you got a guy that I don't even like. I'm not a fan of Conor McGregor. I have respect for what he's done because it's incredible what he's been able to yeah. do. But as a person, I don't like the way he did it. I don't like the person. But that doesn't yeah. mean he shouldn't be allowed to say whatever he has to say. I believe in free speech. 100% right. free speech all the time. I want to know what people have to say because I like to give people so much rope that they can hang themselves with it. Mm-hmm. I love it. But then you look at uh, New York Mayor uh, Eric Adams. He dare spoke. He dare speak against uh, Biden, and not because he's morally saying we shouldn't accept those illegal immigrants. He's <clears throat> he's literally just saying this because they're going bankrupt. So he's kind of saving yeah. his own ass because they don't have any money. So he's a real Democrat. But now Democrats are attacking other Democrats with the same mm-hmm. tactic that they've been doing against guys like Trump, against Republican. Now you're seeing the snake. The head of the snake is attacking his own, his own, yeah. its own tail, and that's where we're at right now. But it, it's incredible. We are there now. We are there. That look at Russell. What's his name? Russell Brand. Brand. Yeah. Somehow he talks against what's going on. Oh, sexual assault. Yeah, of course. No proof. No nothing. Proof. Right. Like he somehow made it through the whole nation <laughs> being being as frivolous uh being being as big of a man whore as that guy was yeah. he made it through the whole me too movement without anything coming out and now all of a sudden after yeah. like two or three years of being 
kind of just behind Joe Rogan is uh, on the influence scale. And yeah, now they're coming after him. Okay. Right. Because he's, he's got a, he's got an opinion that doesn't line up with the, the regime. That's, that's what it is. And look at Chauvin was uh, like, he was, he was full on the sanctuary policies that, that brought, was. that brought a bunch of these, these migrants there. And then, mm-hmm. and I, I really don't like this method, but at the same time it is effective because I don't like the, the just shuffling of human beings around for political um, yep. me. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Texas, Florida, all these these governors, they have a point. Like, we got a problem here, and we can't send these people back because you guys made it illegal to send them back. But we didn't want them here, and now they're here. We're sending them to you because you're a sanctuary state. This is you're gonna give them sanctuary now. That's what you said you were gonna do. Have at Go it. For it. And I, don't, I don't like the process, but logically, it all tracks and. Um, is it more or less humane? I don't know. It's gross all the way around, but I, I understand why they're doing it. It makes sense to me. And it also makes sense to me why Eric Adams is like, Hey, we can't take, we're not set up for all these migrants. Okay. Well, neither was, neither was Florida or or Texas, whatever, you know, like nobody was. So we got to like, let's, he's, he's finally saying like, let's address the problem. Finally, like some, somebody on the Democrat side's like, wait, this is an, they're, they're admitting that this is a problem. And now that now all of a sudden they're coming after him. So I, it's funny you brought that up. I had that same kind of suspicion. I was like, is, is he actually dirty or is it just because he, uh, he didn't bend the knee? There is a, uh, what's the term? There's a, st- a stature of limitation now of 30 years for sexual assault. The suit mm-hmm. was deposited on the day of the 30th anniversary. Literally, that was the last day he could be put in. They put it in. Huh. If there's one thing I know is that there's no such thing as coincidences. If you right. believe in coincidences, it's because you're not fucking paying attention. There's no yeah. such thing as coincidences. Yeah, and uh, you know, since so we're, we're we're discussing masculinity on on this episode, that is the least masculine move you could you could possibly 100%. do. Wait wait till the last minute to. That is the that is the most bitchy woman move of all time is just bringing up old shit right when everybody's about to forget about it and it doesn't matter anymore. It's interesting because if you look all around you, you see the lack of masculinity everywhere. That's mm-hmm. all we've been talking about. You see from one side, you see men being manly and then you see a lot of men being extremely feminine. Yeah. And it's all all around us it's like a guy like uh eric adams i don't have a lot of respect for him because he was for it now to me he's just he's just paying the price if you said no from the get-go i would have had respect for him but because you right now it's not a moral standpoint right now he's not saying out of morality that we shouldn't be doing this no it's because he can't afford it Mm -hmm. if if the government would give him money for he's only bitching because the government's not paying for it Right. If the federal government would be signing checks left and right, he would have been very happy to keep those people because those are free votes for him. Like, let, let's not lie. Let's not forget why Democrats have been doing that for years. And I, I hate to do it about left and right because I'm a libertarian. I sit somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But this uh, is a tactic that's been used forever. Yeah. Oh, the Democrats have, I mean, like, uh, 
Oh, what was the boss? Um, the in, in New York, um, boss Tweed. You know that was that was the thing. It was get <laughs> Irish immigrants right off the boat registered. Mm. That you know that's yeah. uh, oh Bob Tweed. Wow, you're going back yeah. far. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. oh wow. Yeah, they actually talk about it in Gangs of New York, like the actual yeah. movie. That that's a great movie. Yeah. Oh wow, you're that's going back. Movie. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, Democrats, the Republicans have always been behind on that game. Like they've they've never been able to. They don't compete that way. You know, they have their their set of rules that they they compete by, and uh, and a lot. Of, that's why they get they get outmoved a lot. They get beat a lot because they don't they don't fight dirty for the most part go even more than that like one of the things like i help content creators build their social media platform right that's something that that's mm -hmm. how that's how i make a lot of my money and one of the things that i've told so many times i've said this to so many of my republican friends i'm like guys you don't understand the reason the democrats or the liberals are beating you guys is because you don't understand the social media game you're not using it to the point of look at a liberal in Canada, for example. They're they're absolutely amazing on social media. You look at our prime minister; he's a big diva that's on social media day in day out. There's always stuff being posted about him that comes from him. It's posted, posting, 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 posting. They're very, and the Democrats are no different. Like they're extremely, yeah. extremely AOC, one of the biggest tool ever created, but yet. Her social media game is great. How do you think she got to where she is? Because she's always there. She under yeah. she as much as I can call her an idiot, she's not that stupid. As much as I don't agree with anything that she says, she ain't stupid. She knows no, what she's doing. Because no. she's not that bright, but she ain't stupid no. either. She knows how to get in front of people and keep on repeating the same thing and same thing. That's marketing terms. You will start paying attention and your brain will start believing it because People are telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you. Always the same thing. <laughs> she's not complex, but she's effective. Um, very well put, brother. That's a very good way. To, she's not complex, but she's effective. I love it. That's you brilliant. Could, uh, you, you could say the same thing about Trump. Like he, he is not. Yeah. He says what he, he says what he says. He, he does, yeah. uh, he does things that are going to be good for Donald Trump. Like that's number one thing. Donald Trump likes Donald Trump. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yep. you love america i think so but i think he loves donald trump more and uh he, and that that's yeah. that's the kind of the heart of the whole whole thing of how he works but he's also he's not he's not complex about that if you understand that then trump's very i mean like he's he's pretty predictable you know he just is this good for trump is this is like he has no problem going back on a position either. You guys, so he's just like, is this good in the moment? Sure, I'm taking this is a this is an ace that nobody's yep. playing. I'm gonna play that ace. And he's uh, he's ballsy. Because one yeah. thing though, if you you know, as a Canadian, I can tell you that although I've been traveling the U.S. for 13 months now, I can tell you that from an outside perspective, you look if you can separate the personality from Donald Trump. If people were able to do this, he's one of the best presidents you guys have ever done. I've ever had. Yeah. When it comes to what he's put in place, what he's done for the American people, it was incredible. Like a guy, if he would have given him eight years, you guys would not be. If he was at the, uh, he was the president during COVID, 
oh balls, what happened with uh, Sleepy Joe wouldn't have never. It would have been the, the polar opposite of what happened. Yeah, he he was, but he, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff he could have done during COVID that uh, that he didn't do, and uh, eh, he uh, he has his faults. I I liked a lot of his policies, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he he was great at marketing to one half, terrible at marketing to the other. Like he was a good heel. He played the heel really well when he needed to, and he leaned into his base, and he's grown it. Like he he's grown the base, but it's. Yep. Uh, it's not without some some ups and downs, but they, uh, yeah, they've come. I've never seen him come at a guy so hard. I mean, I wasn't around for for JFK, but I, I have to imagine it's kind of the same same kind of feeling, like the you know the the Democrat establishment wasn't real sure about about Kennedy either. You know, he was a young blow. He was a real liberal. He was a uh, class a classical liberal. Yeah, which is <laughs> closer to a libertarian of today. He was he was much more in line with like the Wendell Wilkie who lost to uh, FDR who was who was the, the non-interventionalist. He was like, hey, we should stay out of this war again. Like, let Europe fend for itself. Like, it's kind of kind of a familiar resonance, you know. Like, George Washington warned about it in his his farewell speech, and then it's always just we're bunch of bullshit in Europe that doesn't really concern us that we get involved in and send a bunch of weapons and, and men to go die. And it's like, can we maybe not do that again? Like, it seems like they haven't got their shit figured out yet. So let's not help them. Let's not, let's not help the, the destruction over there again. Like, and, uh, take, and, and we're in the best situations to do it because we're an Island. If you look at North America, mm-hmm. it's a massive Island. If yeah. we choose to close the border and say, you know what, we will deal like I'm talking to us Canadians and Americans, we just say, yeah. you know what, let's let's close, let's bring back every single military person that we have. We will make sure that our border is secure, that we are defended, that we're taking care of our own people. That would change. Like we have the potential to do it because of the way our our big yeah. island is built. But we and you know the fallacy in this is. Look at what they tell you in an airplane. You know, the first thing they tell you with the the, the, the air mask, take care of yourself before you take care of your ch- of your children or any dependents. Yeah. We can't even... They tell you this in fucking airplanes. We can't even yeah. do this with our own government. Like, just the money that you guys have spent sending to Ukraine and now sending to Israel. And I'm not debating... I'm not debating today, should they have the money or not? That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is look at it for the money. Just to say you guys have sent hundreds of billions of dollars. They say that you can, you could get rid of homelessness in the U.S. with about $100 billion. You guys have spent more money on other mm-hmm. countries within the past three years yeah. when you could have simply taken care of everything every single homeless person that you have. You could have taken care of all the veterans that you have that are being forgotten everywhere. De- debate all you want if you agree with what they did. It doesn't even matter right now. You need to take care of them. They're your countrymen. They deserve to be to be okay. And it's not like the money's not there. The money is there. It's just we choose, and the, the Canadians are no better. We do that all the time too. We take that yeah. money and we send them, we send it overseas. 
Why? Why are we not taking care of our own people? Obviously, people don't care. Like, let's not lie to each other. If you're, do you trust government? I don't. Like, I no. don't. Not, like, not you even can't. a little bit. There's no way you can. But again, as a libertarian, you also believe that extremely small governments are the, I believe in the right of the individual. I believe yeah. to educate and build morals on which your individuals are being brought up on. And they will take care of your community. Because what's a society? It's a bunch of people that decide to live together and say, we will base our understanding. We will live under shared values. We agree that mm -hmm. this is the way we want to live. Yeah, we vote. Okay, cool. Good. This is a society. Yeah. Give the rights back to the people and stop having... You know, you were talking about parents earlier saying that parents are pissed off because their kids are a bunch of, uh, of pussies and then... You're like, yeah, but hold on, you, right? You raise them that way. Now those same kids, instead of finding out what's wrong with them and trying to change them and trying to evolve, they will depend on the government for their second set of parents because they literally leave their parents to go live on their own to be dependent on the government. This is what the government has become: like the parents that are eternal parents that supposedly will take care of us, instead of us deciding yeah. to take care of ourselves. Well, and, you know, it goes like, for instance, all these wars, like America has lost the moral high ground because we went and of fucked course. up a bunch of Middle Eastern countries yep. for essentially no reason. Uh, yep. It all started essentially with one guy and about a couple hundred of his cronies that we could have took out and had, had the war ended by Christmas of 2001. <laughs> and they waited. They let him get away into Pakistan. And then they sent in the full military. Because war is profitable for a lot of people, especially big wars like that. Like the more, the more, the better. Like when you're building fucking Taco Bells at uh, at uh, at military bases in Afghanistan, that, that's big money. You know, that's that's big money rolling through there. That's not even to mention the weapons involved. That's just like the logistics. And, and uh, the people in charge are feeding both sides of the war too. Like if you yeah. if you understand that Ben Laden was a CIA agent, like he was CIA yeah. trained, trained. Like that guy was, worked for the U.S. Literally worked for the U.S. And he was trained to draw a global superpower into Afghanistan and milk them until they are bankrupt. And holy shit, he did a pretty good job of accomplishing that, didn't he? <laughs> like, and and this is why if I go back to a guy like Trump, that is not a politician. He's a businessman. Yeah. He is the first president since Bush, since Bush went after the Middle East as hard as they've done, that did not bomb the Middle East as much as the prior president. Yeah. Like Obama, Obama, as much as people are not all in awe of Obama, he's the one, he's the president that bombed the Middle East the most. Uh, Obama yeah. was a gangster. He was uh, oh. he was smooth, but he was a gangster. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, he was. There's nothing worse than a guy like Obama because he's too yeah. good of an orator. You listen to this guy talk, you're like, oh, he's amazing. As as somebody that's a sales guy, as a sales expert, and somebody that studies psychology every day, I look at a guy like him and I'm in awe of a guy like that. Just because yeah. of the way he speaks, it's amazing the way yeah. he speaks. 
I, I think uh, Obama still had a little bit of imposter syndrome, though, because he, uh, you know, he he didn't take he didn't fuck with the big players too much. You know, like he why he's, would he? He's, why would he? He spied on Germany a little bit. He, uh, you know, he he was pretty friendly towards Iran. Uh, Trump came in and solo. There, he's like Soleimani's the guy that you know is, is responsible for all these insurgents in Iraq. Okay, nuke him. Boom, just took him out with uh with a switchblade missile, which is just a giant blade. It's not even a an explosive warhead. Like he just eviscerated him, which is also pretty gangster. But like. That was essentially their num- Iran's number two guy in the in the entire yeah. country. Uh, like he he uh, he had more power than the president, probably probably more power than their the Ayatollah even you know because he ran the military. Um and yeah he's just dead. Uh, but you know you said it earlier. I don't know why we get involved in that shit. Yeah, I don't know why we're even involved in these things because. Now you got a superpower, the next superpower in China, that's already making deals with the Russian, Iran, and yeah. Saudi Arabia. So you get some of the richest countries on the planet that are going to align with each other. And you look at what goes on in Israel and Palestine. China's like, hey, they're going to back Palestine if the U.S. keeps getting involved in Israel. They, they don't care if the, the U.S. would have been for Palestine China would have picked Israel. It doesn't matter. Right now, they're just going to play. They've been playing the long game for 30 years. And oh, now yeah. they're finally at the end where they can actually start pressing. And look at the, you know, one of my buddies sent me that a few years ago. It was, um, he sent me the recruitment videos of some of the armies in the world. He mm. sent me the Chinese one. He sent me the Russian one. And then he sent me the American. I could not understand a word of Chinese, either Mandarin or Cantonese, whatever they were speaking. I cannot understand a word. But man, by the end, I wanted to be in the military. Same thing for Russia. I'm looking at this, and as a man that likes guns and martial arts, I'm like, fuck yeah, motherfuckers. Where do I start up? But then you look at the American one. They're talking about their gender and how important it is to be raised by two feminine, by two women. Like, come on, bro. Like yeah. just there, you can see that there's a big problem. They're there, and they they realized it. And a big army oh, is slow slow to, uh, you know, it's like turning a, an aircraft carrier. It takes takes a little bit of time. And uh, but you're nope. seeing, like I've noticed, I've been uh, in the during football commercials this year. You're seeing a lot of like the '90s style, uh, you know, army commercials where where yeah, when you're done, you're like fuck yeah, I'll I'll go sign up. I'll go sign up. Go fight, and uh, look at, yeah, look at Bud Light. Yeah, they messed up bad with putting so a transgender bad. on the can. They lost, they lost billions of dollars. Now oh, yeah. they it's just, they the just brand. signed up with Dana White for the UFC. I so they're trying that. to, and you know, people are giving shit to Dana White for doing it. And I, I don't care. I don't drink water, so I don't <laughs> drink beer water. So to me, it does not matter. I'm not a I'm not a drinker either way, so it doesn't matter. But I understand what they're doing. They're they're like, hey, bro, we helped you out years ago when you weren't that big, when you yeah. were trying to make it. So, of course, Dana's like, yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> like He owes it because they made him. They were the very big. They were the first real sponsor that the UFC's ever had. Yeah. Right? You, you have Bud Light. You're talking number one beer in the U.S. That's now sponsoring mm-hmm. the UFC. 
it's a big deal. But yeah, you, every single company that went woke is paying the price for it now. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. It does not. It does not work out. They're gonna have people. You know, it's the silent majority, and I talk about this all the time in my in my in my videos where people are starting to understand what Jewish people have understand have understood a thousand years ago. If you ban all together, you can you can make things change. You can say, you know what, where I'm from in Montreal, all there's a massive Jewish community. And one thing that they do is they'll have an organization where all the Jewish business owners are going to come together and say, okay, those are the products and services that I need to run my business. They're all going to do that. And then the people at the head of the, the organization are going to, are going to start buying in bulk. When they put a contract out there, it's not one business. It's every yeah. single business that needs that product or service. So if you don't win, you lose the whole thing, but that is voting with your money. That is extremely intelligent to do. And I think that, that, 2023 people are starting to realize that it actually works out. Look at what happened to Bud Light. Look at what's yeah. happening to Disney. Look at what's happening with Target. You, you yeah. look at those massive, massive companies that have been telling us what they wanted from us for years. And now people are like, no, no, hold on. No, 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 no. You went too far. No, sorry. You went too far. We're not going to go for it anymore. And then people are even smarter. They're like anti-woke company. Look at what the Daily Wire is doing. They're creating a bunch of companies and they're like, we yeah. are your anti-woke solution. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But this is, again, this all lines up with masculinity, in my opinion. Yeah. You, But it's time, though, that people that are part of the, the silent majority do something about it. Like the, the reason men are so weak today is because men have allowed it to happen. Yeah, you know, I was absolutely uh, true. Uh, so, uh, one of my followers sent me a video and I, I absolutely loved it. It's it's something they're they're in front of an abortion video uh, abortion clinic and there's a, there, there's a little skinny white there's a little skinny white guy with his with his mask on and he's trying to prevent people from going to it as in they're protesting the abortion clinic and all you you can see him go and then you hear a voice. It's just like hey. You do understand that what you're doing right now is assault. And then he stops and he starts looking at the camera and the guy continue talking. And he's like, one thing that you need to understand is that the only reason that you're still walking right now is that I'm a controlled individual. But you need to know that if I wanted to hurt you, you wouldn't be walking right now. You wouldn't be able to. If you think that you can prevent us from doing something, you're sadly mistaken, boy. You're just a coward. You're just a little guy mm -hmm. that's never taking care of anything in his life. Now you're acting like a child, but you don't realize that you're not stopping anything. The only reason this is happening is we're allowing you to do it. Yeah. The, the video's great because you see the face of the guy. The guy's like, uh, that never occurred to him that continue. he was literally physically blocking people. And as a martial artist, I was looking at that. I would have swept him with an elbow. I would have swept your front leg, elbow down the middle, and I would just continue walking. You're touching me? Bro, that's an open invitation. That's self-defense. At this point, I'm taking care of you. But yeah. this is what the silent majority needs to bring back. This is what men need to do. We need to stop letting people act like little children and not yeah. give them the consequences that they deserve to learn.
Yeah. And it starts at home. Like I, I teach my kids to be respectful, polite, but stand up for yourself. You don't go back down. You, uh, and and like for me, it was just like, I get, I've been tired of forever, particularly in the cowboy world. It's, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's been the same since the cowboy was invented back in the day. But it's like kids, it's hard, so hard to find good help. And it really is. It is. And there is an issue with the, the younger generation being soft. And, but yeah, it's like some of the, these, these old hands that I, I look up to. And it's like, man, where did you fail on your, on your parenting that your kid is such a fuck up? Because I, I respect yep. the father. The son is just like, and makes you, it makes you respect the father a lot less when their kids are shit. And you're just like, and sometimes they, there's nothing you can do. Sometimes you can do everything you can for a kid and they, they still end up being a fuck up. And, and I think most people can accept that. But when you see what, what should be a good kid acting like a, like a complete asshole, you're just like, ah, that, that's a parent deal. That's not a kid deal. That's not the kid's fault at that point. And how many and, times have I seen the complete opposite? Like I, I have two brothers in mind that I met when I was in Austin and they're 22 and 24. They run, I don't know if you ever heard of the school of hard knocks. They're some of the first guys that started asking questions to rich people and how they, they became rich. So I met them in Austin. We did a bunch of content together and I got to spend time with them as individual. They're young, like they're 22, 24 and the third guy's 26. But then mm-hmm. I started asking them questions about their fathers. And two of them, the two youngest one, are brothers. And you're like, oh, my dad's military. My dad's a Christian. My dad's this. My dad's that. And he starts talking about all the values that the father has instilled in mm-hmm. them. And then you start realizing those guys are making a boatload of money. And you, you look at them and you're like, you're not surprised. Like once I heard their story, I'm like, okay, I get it. You have a, a mother and a father that were that have been together the whole time. They embrace yeah. the roles that they had to teach their kids. And you look at the kids now and you're like, this is not surprising at all. You hear the story and you're like, yeah, I get it. I've met multiple guys like him, like them, sorry, where they had the proper guidance from a young age. And they're yeah. like, today, they're like, man, they're they're 15 years ahead of what I could have done because I did not have that type of guidance growing up but it's amazing how structure and somebody that actually cares because it takes time right most people now are don't have time they don't make the time should i say yeah well and you know there's uh there's something about building you know the like america was was built on a strong middle class and entrepreneurship and and small small business like uh, like we literally we went out and conquered the West. You know, like that it was it was people that got tired of being crowded in Europe and, and elsewhere. They came over here, they got tired of living in the East and they just they kept pushing, kept pushing. And uh and they, they did what they could to build society there there. And uh <laughs> I'm doing this whole series on the history of the meatpacking industry, which there's a there's a very dark, ugly side of it, but just from a, a sheer like economic standpoint, they that you took Chicago from a swamp outpost to the world, the global center of meatpacking in, in the span of about fifty years, 
and, and it, it's it's incredible that just the story and just the men the that 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 built all this stuff and and that whether the people that started the companies or like the the immigrant that came over that was just squeegeeing blood down into a pit on the on the kill floor you know just like hard hard men and women too like there's a lot of women working in there too but like hard men that just like they they uh, it was it was literally a fight for survival to and conquest and it's a it's an ugly story it's a beautiful story and it's just fascinating all the way around and but it was it was masculine strong men that did what it took and sometimes it was a little morally questionable sometimes it was outright morally unjust what happened but at the time they fit that's what needed to happen and and it took men with some stones to do it you know it, it, that's at the end of it it took it took some really masculine men to do it if you look at every society every empire that's ever been built it had been built on the back of strong men every time yeah. even look at today you know one of my one of my friends calls it the aquarium effect but even to this day you look at our society it was built by strong men that were ready to die that were mm -hmm. ready to bleed that were ready to do things that they didn't want to do just because they wanted to create a better place to live for their families because at the end of the day that's all it is society or a place that's sheltered from nature where it's hard to survive and instead of just being surviving you can you can strive because your brain can only be in two roles either you're surviving or you're growing but you cannot survive and grow at the same time you can only yeah. do one or the other so by creating spaces and i'm going to use safe space but i freaking hate that word but let's say you yeah. create a safe environment for your family and society to be built that means that they can develop themselves as, in, as individual but you look at now today the people are so far disconnected from what it took to build this that they don't understand it whatsoever all they see is this in their head has always been here will mm -hmm. always be here but they forget that To this day, it is strong man that maintains the society in which you live. And this is why my buddy calls it the aquarium effect. You, you, look, at the you look at the fishes in an aquarium, they don't understand that there's somebody behind it that, takes, that makes sure the pH level is always good, that puts mm -hmm. food in it, that cleans, the, that cleans the actual aquarium for them. But we're like that too we don't understand like most of the people that are in this society today they don't understand yeah how everything is taken care of for you like people don't understand that if you live in north america you're part of the one percenter in the world you live oh, yeah. in, you are as soon you could be a homeless guy you're still part of the one percent of the world just because of everything that's here for you to have mm. to be helped it's it's incredible but we take this for granted to a point where now we hear women say that they don't need men. This is how far disconnected we are. Women yeah. telling men that we don't need you. Uh, okay, sure. That just proves yeah. how privileged you are and how unaware you, this whole says how unaware of how this society actually works and how it was built. So to your point, men always done what needed to get done. Morally, Could it be questionable? Maybe, maybe. Yep. I'm sure that in a lot of in, in a lot of instances it was the case, but still, somebody had to do it. Men always do it, and to this day, 
95% of the top 20 most dangerous jobs are done by men. And that's yeah. not because women can't do it. That's because women don't want to do it. So we right. do it because, again, we are providers and we are protectors. And yep. calling a spade a spade, we are disposable. Throughout history, mm. nobody said, let's protect men. No, it's always protect women and children. Yeah. It's uh, it's the same way with, like, just on, like, the cattle side of thing. Bulls, I mean, you pay high dollar for a good bull. But that sucker ain't performing. You get him out of there. You're not selling your cows for your, your cows go last. You, you get a new bull first. And you, you, you go buy buy okay. uh, semen and art, artificially uh, inseminate, you know, before you before you sell your cows. You know, the the, the cows okay. are least replaceable. But you know, the the worst part is that, and this is what men don't understand anymore. At least the younger men don't understand that. This is our job. We are meant to serve. We are meant to provide. We're meant to protect. This is what we're supposed to do. Mm. We're meant to be courageous. We are meant to take care. We're meant to serve. Is it yep. fair? Is it easier to live a life as a woman? Absolutely. No questions about it. In the society in which we live today, women have it extremely easy. Mm. But the fact that it's not fair doesn't mean it's your responsibility to do it. Yeah. You should be doing it. Men yeah. need to be protectors. They need to take it upon themselves because as we said at the beginning, men are made. They're not yeah. born. When a woman, when a teenage girl becomes a woman is simply because she's able, she's able to bear life. We will automatically assume that she's a woman. But that's not the case for men. Men do not become men just by age. They need to bring something to the equation. They need to be wise they need to have money they need to have resources they need to have skills to bring to the equation that's why rites of passages have been around forever not much today which is a massive problem but men always had to prove themselves to be capable of doing something in order for their society to approve to accept them to say you know what you're a man we can depend on you because that's what men are supposed to do yeah yeah i uh, i think you know, it's like hold the door open for a lady, even if she doesn't appreciate it. Because hundred percent, just what 100%. you're supposed to do. And if she if she gives you a nasty look, you can talk shit to her as she walks past. That's I think that's perfectly acceptable. Um, but that shouldn't stop you from doing it. No, I you do it because that's what you're supposed to do. We're men, and uh, yeah, if <laughs> I think women should show a little bit of gratitude in that, you know, a, a polite thank you is it's all that's that's all that's needed. Even a nod of the head, but. If you're going to get a nasty look, I'm going to talk shit as you call your princess or some bullshit, you know? But it's also our fault, though. Yeah. Because fathers are teaching their daughters that they don't need men. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's a whole vicious circle. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I, it'll come to a head at some point. I think we're, we're uh, approaching that point, you know, and it it's... Uh, like I said, when when the military finds or you know realizes like, oh, we got a problem with recruitment because nobody wants to go work with a bunch of purple haired they thems, and uh, it's not even that they dislike them as a person. It's just like you can't say anything about them around them, or even like casually reference somebody who looks like them because then it can be misconstrued as some other bullshit, and you get sued and 
whatever. So like nobody wants to do that. I'll just fuck it. I'll go work in the pipeline. You know, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go work in the oil field. I, I can, I can say that. You know, they're not there. You know, they're not there. You know, they're not there. You can be sure of not there and, and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna get offended that's that's why that's why that's why a cowboy for a living i'm either by myself or i'm around people who don't who don't uh who know how to take a joke you know it's uh it, it's uh what's that old i forget who who said it but like your tribe is supposed to be about like 150 people max is about like your is what a tribe is supposed to be and the the older I get, the more I I kind of I feel like that number is pretty pretty accurate. You know, tribal I've got a, I've leader, been... tribal leadership. Yeah, talks about that. One hundred fifty is about the maximum because that's about yeah. how many people you can remember their names, or yeah. at least recognize. You can only interact with so many people in the day, and about one hundred fifty people is what you're capable of as a human being. So everything fractures. Like they talk about this in business, like wh- when a company becomes so big. Uh, mm-hmm. When they cross around that 150, it starts fracturing and you have multiple tribes within the same company that have their own ideas, that have their mm-hmm. own agenda. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And we're just too big. This is so true. We are too big to function. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah. It's like you're trying to 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 drive a like a, a road course, you know, F1 road course with a you know aircraft carrier. It just it doesn't Don't work. work. It doesn't <laughs> work. Yeah, crazy. Well, Nico, this is this has been an excellent conversation. I don't. We covered a lot of topics. I don't know if we accomplished <laughs> much, but I, I I really enjoyed the I really enjoyed the discussion. I, I'm glad to see there's other people that like it's it's okay to be a man. In fact, it's it's necessary to be a man most 100%. of the time. Hundred percent. It should be embraced. You know, yeah. I, I will end on this. Being a man takes being a masculine man does not take anything away from a woman. On the contrary, no. you know I read this saying, and I don't. I should learn who said it, but men protect women not because they are weak, but because they matter. Yeah, and yeah. this is what it is. And the, my girlfriend's one hundred ten pounds. I'm two hundred ten pounds. You don't think I'm the protector? Of course I am. I have two. 20 years of experience in martial art, gun handling, in fighting. Of course I'm the one that's going to protect her. Does that take anything away from her? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't do it if I didn't love her. I didn't do it if I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and a woman that that uh, like compliments your role as a man, like she does all a whole bunch of little shit that you never think of that just gets she done. She cares. She cares. If you yeah. look at a... If you look at a woman, she cares. Do you think yeah. in the morning? I get up at three o'clock in the morning. She gets up a few hours after me. I she always brings me more coffee. She always brings me mm-hmm. tea. She always makes sure I, I work like a crazy person. Like it's eleven o'clock, so I've been working since three this morning. And she always brings me. She always takes care of me because she understands that I'm taking care of her. You know, mm-hmm. it's. And this does not take anything away from her. And as you said, I'm happy you didn't use complete, like complete. You use compliment. And that's exactly the actual, that is the proper term. She makes my life easier by me making, trying to make hers easier as well. That's like, we're just working together towards the same goal and we have different roles. That's, that's a fact. Yeah. Like, the old school feminist had a real, real solid point. Like, hey, we 
we have rights and like yep. we demand our that you respect our rights and i i respect that movement mm-hmm. yeah um but they also rec- like those old school feminists also recognize that it's a symbiotic relationship you know the man and the woman it's it always has been and always will be there's there's things that we can't do a reproduce offspring like but we can't do that like we we can we we get to do the fun part of it but the actual growing of a child we don't we don't have any part of that and uh, and we can't no matter how how discombobulated the drugs they put you on uh sit makes your mind think you as a man cannot create a uh, a human life inside you it just it doesn't happen that way sorry about your bad luck sir it just doesn't happen that way <laughs> but, no they're not sirs they're not sirs they're yeah, man yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I i had a i had a latinx in my in my uh bio for a little while because i'm half mexican and i uh, i but i i if i instead of latinx i demand it's pronounced latinx and uh just just for the sheer comedy of it but um yeah it's just insane that like it's you know you're starting to see people come around to it where we're like just common sense people are just like no no that is not true okay that no that's not how we do things and and it's it took way longer than it should have way way longer but there's but there's people like you, there's people like, like Joe Rogan. There's, there's people, you know, that, that provide a solid masculine influence, you know, um, there, there's, there's plenty of them out there say like, you know, the, the resurgence of bow hunting in, in the world, like that's a good thing. Cause it's, it's not only is it nerdy, it teaches your mind to think, but it it's also, there's a lot of physical prowess that, that depends on it. And, uh, it's just like, it's, it is at the end of the day, it's the ultimate manly activity is hunting wild game with a bow. That is the most primitive natural instinct that a man has. And to see the resurgence of that, I mean, like the the archery industry is booming. Like I'm okay. Like we're, we're, we're still, we still got an ocean surrounded on, uh, around us on each side. And we still got some real men and a whole lot of guns on, on this. <laughs> yep. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm still pretty content in our, in our overall security, but yep. men to, to keep that. And so like, I, I was getting a little, little tubby, uh, here, you know, I'm, I, I just turned 38 and, uh, I was just like, you know, same way. Like I can't be, I can't be bitching about how soft people are. If I'm soft as hell myself, if I can't, if I can't run a mile without stopping, then uh, I ain't out nope. running a bear, you know. <laughs> so it's time nope. to, it's time to, to you know, you got to take accountability for that shit. So I'm getting back in shape, and I'm, I'm trying to ingrain that in my kids to where it's not even a get getting into shape, but they're just always in shape, and they don't know what it's like to be out of shape. And then that leads to good things in the long run because they, they already have a work ethic. They already have a regimen and their, and their body is going to hold up for longer too. That's, that's another thing is take care of the body. Like there's the, you know, God, whoever you believe in, I believe in God, but put a lot of, a lot of good stuff on this earth for us to use. And we got away from that. We're building man-made shit. That's turns out a lot of times not very good for you. It's uh there's a lot of, there's a lot of really powerful stuff that grows in the earth that, you just got to use it. 
but as you said, it starts with the body. The, yeah. um, if you if you understand that there's a body, mind, and spirit, you want to get access to your mind, build your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's it's visible, it's something that don't lie. Right now, I can take my shirt off and go in front of the mirror and say, you know what? Yes, I've been working out for 21 years. Yes, I take care of what I... I can see it. There's no bullshit. I know it's there because I do it every day. Yeah. There's no lying. But man, if you can get somebody into the gym for a few months, their mind changes. Their mind completely, completely changes. They become more disciplined. They become more self-aware. They become... They finally understand what it is to have an operating mind because today we treat our body like dumpsters and we wonder yeah. why we feel like shit. Change the way you eat. Change the people yeah. that are around you. Change what you look at on your phone, the movie you watch, the music that you listen to. You will see, man. Give me six months of your time to show you all the little things that you can change and I guarantee you, you will. I will change your life with you. You will I, not uh... be the same guy whatsoever. Yeah. And really any of those challenges, like try one, you know, because it, they all, it all requires that you do it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm on, was up this is day 72 of the 75 hard. And like, it's tough to get the two forty-five minute workouts a day. You got to read 10 pages, drink a gallon of water, no booze, keep to a diet. It's all, it's all doable, but it's tough to get it in, especially if you're, if you're working full time like, it's tough, but if you do it, you see really good results. I'm down almost 20 pounds and like feel good. Look good. Uh, I started taking supplements and it's amazing how much that complements the workout. Like the supplements themselves will do something, but if you pair it with hard work and exercise, shit, a good diet. Like you see a lot of good results. That's, a, that's the thing with those supplements is that like by themselves, they don't do much of anything, but you pair it with all the rest of it. You see yep. a lot of good stuff. You know, I've been doing intermittent fasting for six or seven years. So I normally do my shortest days are going to be 16, 17 hours of not eating. Like I haven't ate yet. Like I'll eat once we hang up. I'll, I'll eat because I haven't ate since like 6 PM yesterday. And it's all it's eleven thirty now, right? But I just that if you can, I, I can do three days with just drinking water, no problem. Yeah. But this is this is mental toughness that people people can barely go six hours without eating. That's how weak mentally we've become. And I'm not even talking about how good it is for your body, how it resets your whole metabolism. I'm not even talking about the benefits of of fasting. I'm just saying mind over matter. Just the to me, it's nothing. I do 24 hours without even thinking about it. Some days I'm like, holy shit, it's like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, when's the last time I ate? Oh, man, that was yesterday. I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe I should eat. But we're how, how strong my mind is, all because of those little things. Just because I make sure I go to the gym. I make sure I eat right. I make sure that I read a lot. I make sure that I don't listen to garbage all the time. I make sure that I'm surrounded by the right people. If not, I'd rather be alone. I make sure that I challenge myself all the time. Just yeah. keep me accountable all the time. Yeah. And, you know, for well, one of the most impactful scriptures I've ever, that, I mean, just sticks with me is, is Apostle Paul is study all things and hold fast, which is true. It's like, mm-hmm. You're not if you want to understand the Islamic mind, go read the Quran. 
Yep. Hold the part. Not that, that complicated, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, make, you know, if there's going to be parts that make sense to you, hold on to those parts. Discard the stuff that doesn't, you know, the, the stuff that's not true, but like it'll give you a better idea of how they think. Same way, like go go read some Buddha stuff, you know, go go read the Book of Mormon, go go see how people think, study all of it, hold on to the stuff that's true, that's discard the rest of it. But, uh, like it, it gives you a way to think how, how other people think, and and you can you can get a lot more accomplished that way. Find out you have a lot in common with people that you thought were completely different. And not only that, but you you have a very misunderstood you misunderstood the world too. Right. Like I wasn't that convert. I normally don't. I get enough crap from the content that I create that I don't normally interact with a lot of other people's content. But I interacted with somebody yesterday, and he just wrote some dumb shit about religions, about how we all have a complex uh, a comp a savior complex, as in we all want to get saved. And I'm like, man, have you ever, one, I Googled the guy that he quoted. The guy doesn't even exist. So he's one of those idiots that just copy-paste shit online and things that, mm -hmm. oh, it's online, it's true. So I started challenging him, and I'm like, bro, uh, who's okay, that guy? That in 1843. Yeah. But, you know, I challenged the guy, and I'm like, can you give me who that guy is? Because I can't find him. He's like, oh, I don't know. I just copy-pasted. I'm like, okay, hold on. So not only are you copy-pasting stupidness from somebody you don't know, you're actually copying, pasting something that you have no understanding of. Have you mm -hmm. ever read one of those books that you recommend that you're talking against? He's like, no. So how can you speak? He's like, but it's it's still it's still true. I agree with that message. I'm like, do you not recognize the how idiot how much of an idiot you are? You're literally saying that you agree with a message that was written by somebody that doesn't exist, that talks about something that they have no idea about, mm -hmm. and you agree with it while never have read any of the references that you've actually stated. I'm like, is this really where we're what we've become? Yeah. Is it really where we're at? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's essentially people reposting an onion headline and you know and getting outraged by it or, oh. or a Babylon B headline, you know? It's oh, like Babylon B's awesome. Talking uh, about Babylon. I am I'm, you know, I'm a fan of the onion too. Yeah, like they, they did excellent yeah. work for a long time, you know. It's just it's funny and uh but it it's like that is like people are so busy and like and they're just it's all clickbait, you know, just like headline, headline, headline and like so you don't actually know what happened. You just you're you're regurgitating what somebody else said and and deceptively said too. That's that's the whole part of it. And it's you know well, I mean, like my entire life growing up, it was it was like CNN, MSNBC crowd versus the Fox News crowd. And then yeah, at some point you realize they're both full of so much shit, and they're the only the only thing their main goal is keep you is like to work your anger up to a certain level and then go to a commercial break and leave you hanging just foaming at the mouth to to find out what's going on now about the goddamn liberals and what they did today and just you know, get yep. Denzel Washington said it best if you d read the news you're uninformed you're misinformed if you mm -hmm. don't you're uninformed you're misinformed sorry fuck sorry if you read the news you're misinformed if you don't, you're uninformed. 
So yeah. there's like there's no winning. There's there's right. no winning at all, no matter what. Yeah. And just I, accept I, that it's all garbage. <laughs> right. That's kinda you find you find some people who, who you think are not lying to you. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Is like they seem like they're telling you the truth as far as they can tell. You know, if you trust them, listen to those those folks. There's a certain people, and I don't trust really anybody wholeheartedly as far as news goes. But like, there's a there's a handful of people that I that I, for the most part, like yeah, these guys do a pretty good job. And then I just read it all, just try to read as much as I can and figure out. It's I always hate that in the middle, but there's there's always there's a he said he said she said she said, and then there's whatever actually happened and then maybe it's in the middle maybe it's completely different but there's yeah there's there's like three sides of the story and sometimes there's like eight sides to the story who knows i i think it comes down to morality when you understand the morals you can look at news i post a lot about the news because i always try to bring it back to masculinity like i show Mm -hmm. things and i'm like you see that was toxic behavior that they did towards somebody else and now it's biting them in the ass like eric adams for example perfect Mm -hmm. example what he spew bullshit now it's biting him in the ass so i will post about him and say you know what don't feel too bad for this guy because he looked for it yeah but this is why you can't do this shit this is why you're supposed to stand up to this stuff and And i think this is what's important but it's the morality. They'll they'll uh they'll throw him under as a sacrificial lamb when it's when it's appropriate. Don't don't worry. They'll uh all this corruption oh. stuff that that's happening with him, like he'll something will come of it and he'll either step down or they'll you know they'll they'll use it they'll use it to their benefit. But Uncle Joe will take a fall at some point, you know, whether whether it's a mental or you know a health issue and he has to step away or whatever. But he'll be the sacrificial lamb at some point, just like uh, Eric Adams. Oh, and, uh, uh, they don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. They have to. They don't have a I choice. Mean, they're they're That's just they trying, they're trying to keep him pumped full of uh, enough enough cocaine and Adderall to to keep him alive in, in the meantime uh, until until Newsom's good and ready. I guess that seems to be what their their next move is is Newsom. But I don't know. Anyways, we could go on for for days about all this shit, but I I yep. really like your your mindset. I like uh, I'm gonna have to start uh, consuming more of your content, but we'll stay in touch. And I really I really enjoyed this conversation, Nico. Thanks, man. It's been a while since I did a, a Joe Rogan type of podcast. It's been a very <laughs> long time. Normally, it's bang 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 bang. That was yep. good. I appreciate it, man. It was great meeting you. Thanks for thanks for the conversation. I like these types of conversation. It's cool of to course. go a bit everywhere, and it's not controlled too much. Yes, sir. Well, uh, how how do how do they find you? Podmatch. Podmatch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, man. well, like for the for the audience, how do they how do they find any of your? Oh your, shit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They can find me on whatever social media platform. I'm like on eight of them. So at real Nico Lagan, you can find okay. me. Just look for the bald headed French guy. And that's me. There you go. Awesome. Well, Nico, I sure appreciate it once again. And uh, everybody go check out his stuff. And uh, you're a man. It's okay. It's necessary. And go be one. Be a good man. And uh, yeah, have a good week. And uh, Nico, you take care. Everybody else. Move your ass. We're burning daylight. Your eyes 
up in the morning beneath the stars so bright. Pull your hat down, make sure your cinch is tight. Horse is kinda snuffy, cold chill up your spine. It'll get your ass moving somewhere, burning daylight. Tell the jobs 